Welcome to the Summer of Woo, you radiant brightlings. This season, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and invests in the radiance we all carry is casting a light on all things mystical. By tapping into the magic in and all around us, we'll better connect to our individual and collective sacredness so we can shine our brightest. Join us in this six-episode mini-season as we open ourselves up to mystery and woo. Hi, Amy. Hi, Tracy. I have a confession, an on-air confession, uh, as I usually do when we open these. <laughs> um, I know a few episodes ago I proclaimed myself a woo girl. Yeah. But I have to admit, uh, in comparison to what is out there in the world, and definitely in comparison to you, I am woo light. <laughs> <laughs> or woolite as uh our google doc uh changed it to <laughs> and so i have felt like a bit of a poser as we have been crafting our summer of woo um i was really excited when we decided to talk about it and get back into these things um, on the podcast on air, I know we share stuff all the time. Um, but to be honest, you know, what we've talked about in season one or in earlier episodes of the show is kind of like where I've topped out at my woo, um, education oh. and teachings. I definitely, I see practitioners. I wouldn't say that I have a mentor or a teacher in these things, although they definitely could be those things. Um, but I also, I don't have a practice. And I think that's why I feel like a poser is I'm not consistently practicing, but I am interested and semi-invested. I agree. And I know you just said probably I'm woo-like compared to you, but I feel that I've been searching for a practice that not only makes sense to me, but is enjoyable and sustainable. And so I have little tiny things that I do and maybe, all right, I'm going to back up because when you first were talking, I was like, no, Tracy, you're totally woo. I think that you're, you know, like how with strengths, you take your strengths for granted. I feel like you're taking your woo for granted. And I think you're more woo than you feel. But Some I people also... would take that as such an insult. You're so woo-woo, Tracy. <laughs> sorry. Okay, sorry. Take it back. <laughs> and and so that I'm wondering if maybe we hold ourselves to a higher standard of what we think it should look like. Well, and I guess that's, thank you. I, I guess that is somewhat fair to point out that I'm holding myself to the standards of those I'm looking to learn from. Yeah. Right. And they're already masters in a sense or already are very cultivated or very um, sustained in, in what they're doing or what they're teaching, at least. Right. It doesn't mean that they aren't too. I love that you said searching. Um, so when I do look to I do have a teacher, I should say, I, I follow Naquan Lardoni, who practices in Minneapolis yes. and now um, I think New Mexico and online. But um, I have taken things with her. Um, but it's always just been whatever she's offered, right? That just like, I will do whatever that woman is <laughs> willing to teach and share. Um, but whenever she's teaching us, she does always reference 
her teachers and what she's learning, right? And so she's not she's not necessarily um, teaching us things she doesn't know yet either. She's just reached what I'm looking to attain. Yeah. Um, but I love that you said sustainable. And I think that's that's what's gotten me so far is everything I've been I've been interested in and searching for or that I've tried hasn't I guess in hindsight I'm gonna say it hasn't been sustainable, right? Like and maybe that means it just wasn't right. Maybe it means I wasn't invested enough, but that sustainability piece to it I think is key for a practice to take root. So I I think that the sustainability piece is key for so many aspects of our life, not just not just woo. <laughs> it's, it's health, <laughs> eating right. I mean, just so many different things. And so I'm wondering if it's um, endemic oh. of of like culture and society and social media and the fact that every freaking person has ADD and I, I don't know. <laughs> I love though, you know, you, you compared it to other things we do in life that may or may not be sustainable, you know, like any goal should be sustainable. Right. Um, yeah. And sometimes when you think of the woo woo ness of life and spirituality and ritual, um, adding the word goal to it, it takes steals from it, right? Like it takes away from the magic. But at the same time, if you want to do something well or be consistent, you do need goals. You do need practice, right? Ritual as you break it down is a practice. But, you know, I, a lot of times it's one of the first things to go when other Mm -hmm. things aren't going well or when other things come up because it feels like an add-on to life, right? Like a lot of people, you know, I used to work in an eating disorder clinic and one of the biggest challenges was an alcoholic can avoid alcohol to a certain degree in their life. You can't avoid food. Mm -hmm. You have to have food, right? Um, And so when it comes to these rituals and practices for our spirituality or connection or spiritual health, um, we need them. Like we need food, but we treat them like we don't. And I think that's why I stay in this place of searching and wanting and feeling like I'm not doing enough. Yes. What a good point because we treat it like we treat it like it's some kind of dessert or something that you can just leave off of the menu. Or sometimes I treat it as if, if I can't give it the it's almost like if I can't give it the time and the sacredness and the, you know, just the, just making it this really cool, sacred practice, if I can't give it that kind of emphasis that I don't do it at all. And, and so it's sort of, again, to compare it to something else, it's like, well, I have time to take a 15 minute walk but I really wanted to do an hour long hot yoga and I don't have time for that. Well, I'm not doing anything. Or if I were to tell the majority of people in my life, oh, 
I need to push X, Y, Z back 30 minutes. I haven't eaten today. They'd be like, oh my God, yeah, go get food or we can do it together, this or that. But I think you're one of the few people in my life that I can say, hey, can we record late? I just need to meditate real quick, right? Like there's, I can't, yeah. I need to fucking show up late to work because like, oh, I woke up late, but I had to get that meditation in is never a good excuse. But if you were like, oh, I, I had to stop and get my coffee, that's understandable, right? Like it's it's also it's like you said culture. Yes, such and, a good point. I think if you worked at Oprah, then <laughs> yeah, there's a few, there's a few exceptions <laughs> to the rule, right? But so if everybody else, I was just telling Amy, like, I don't even remember who I was six months ago <laughs> and like yeah. trying to, to yeah. come up with rituals and routines and processes in my life. Um, but I do remember that, you know, in talking to you right now, like I was doing the 40 day practice at the end of the year, um, not to just reconnect spiritually, but to reconnect with me as a whole that I had just let life and the things we have to do, or you think you have to do take over and had gone on autopilot and was stressed and all this. And, and part of that was doing a 40 day Kundalini meditation, uh, Satanama, uh, Kriya. And it's all about seed planting. And I did it so that it would um, be part of my winter solstice rituals. And it ended on New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, I was attending again one of Nicole Nardoni's workshops. And she introduced me to a new Kriya that time. And I was like, oh, what a great way to kick off the year. This will be, I'm going to do a 90 day practice. Right. And so here I was like thinking like, Oh, I just did a 40 day practice, which is the most I think I'd ever done at that point. I've done a few 40, but I don't know if I've ever made it to 90. And so this one, I made it to 90 and like Amy between the 40 and the 90, like as proud as I am for sticking through it. And like, it felt good in the moment. Life got worse. <laughs> Life got worse and life got harder and I haven't really meditated since. I've had a few half-hearted attempts because I think it'll get better. I think it'll help me connect. Woulda, coulda, shoulda meditate kind of a thing. And so I just have been wondering, why do you ritual? Like, That's a really good question and I want to answer it, but also... I want to go back to the 40 day and the 90 day and you saying that life got worse. You said to me one day, quite a few years ago, correlation does not equal causation. I say that like twice a day, every day to anybody who listen. <laughs> well, I listened. I listened. And, and also not to be Pollyanna in the moment, but sometimes when you plant a seed, what comes up first? not the bud, the dirt, because the dirt is being displaced as the, as the plant is growing. So your life did get worse. It was the shits, but I don't think, I think that hmm, it's one of those things and I if don't, you, I don't want to say that because I did it, life got worse. No, nope, I, and know. I don't want to say that I was doing it purely to like an ask of the universe, like, look at me being a good little spiritual girly, you know, like I did my thing for 90 days. Look yeah. at me. No, it was to me, it was 
part of it was just like, can I have dedication and discipline to myself and to this practice and do it? Yes. But I very specifically chose both of those um, mantras for what I was hoping it would bring into my life. Now, uh, another friend of ours did point out to me, maybe it could have got even worse. (laughs) 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 Doing those things maybe prevented some stuff. (laughs) Um, But I just, so much of spirituality to me, especially when life is going wrong, I wonder if it's, I don't ever want it to be performative to the universe, God, whatever. You know, I I grew up um, uh, in, in a Catholic, non-denominational, Presbyterian kind of environments and Sunday schools and things like that where just like pray to God and God will answer the prayers of the good people, right? Not, I'm not saying that that's how all religion is or even those ones are, but you know, that's how little 13-year-old me remembers it, right? Like, and, and then Garth Brooks sweeps in and tells you, thank God for unanswered prayers sometimes, right? So like, I literally just heard that song today. <laughs> but so it feels like sometimes with the spirituality, there's this call and responseness to it, right? And oh. I don't, I don't like feeling like I have to pay in, but I also don't like feeling like everything I'm doing is an ask, right? Like, but but then what's that in between and so so I mean for me ritual is so I feel connected Mm. not not so that something will be given to me or that so I can receive although I do feel it is a an opening to reception, but it is for connection. For me, it's, it's, it's connection, whether it's connection to God, source, angels, guides, my mom, my dad, you know, my grandma, who knows, but it's connection. Now, is there a layer where I'm hoping somebody's like the million dollars is in the, you know, third drawer from the left? (laughs) I don't think so. But yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I have my own personal universe concierge checking off my list of requests and seeing what he can fulfill in the moment on, 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 on his shift. Right. Um, But there is, you know, another saying I say all the time is we tend to judge ourselves on intent and others on behavior. And I think what I like about that connection to spirituality that you talk about is I feel like the universe also judges on intent, right? Or like that it feels that way. I think that's why people seek out forgiveness from God or seek out spirituality for forgiveness and to restart in life, right? And that there, um, you can reset, right? A little bit easier spiritually and internally than you can in the real world and in the culture that you described earlier. Um, when when thinking about ritual, um. I found an NPR article from 11-11-22, so way to go NPR, excellent scheduling on content that wow. way, um, on on setting up an altar, and we'll get more into, into that later, and we'll link to it in our Instagram, but they quoted, I think it's Thosh Collins, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they they described it as rituals being a set of actions to help us to acknowledge things that are very sacred and special to us. 
That's lovely. That is lovely. And I think that also helps with like my internal, you know, hoping somebody, some something, somebody will come in and save everything, right? That that's Those are just me thinking of things that are important to me. It's not just me thinking of, you know, a, like a little Christmas wish list for the universe. <laughs> um, but so, because I also, I do look to it for connection, right? Uh, and, and for meaning and purpose. Um, I do like the randomness of life, but it is kind of nice to think that we're all are connected or that there is something greater. Um, the sum is greater than the whole of its parts. Is that, I, I, no, I was, the, the whole the, is greater than the sum of the, its parts. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank We've you. said this <laughs> over and over again that to the point where now we don't even remember what it is. Um, but so. But I feel like that's why I let ritual go is not that my requests weren't being answered. It's that life was getting so bad that I felt like this act of connection I was doing, one, uh, was just for the discipline of it towards the end, right? You know, the 40-day the one, uh, I think why I've never really done it more than 40 days is the ones I've chosen in the past have felt like they've run their course. Not necessarily that I was tracking it, but that they did what I needed them to do and I needed to level up or move on, you know, grow and move into the next one. This one, I felt like I was forcing it. And so maybe I should have let it go. But then part of me was like, oh, maybe that's part of the process. Maybe that's why right. it is 90 days, right? Is to get through that hump. And yeah. then I got to the 90 days and I thought about doing it more. And I was like, oh, no, I did. I got to the 120 days, which is the next. And then the one after that is a year. And so at 120 days, I was like, we're not doing this for a year. <laughs> Like, and part of me was like, oh God, you don't have another 120 days in you though. Like start another starter pack set of days in you to do this. What if this is another hump? And then I was just like, I'm not prepaying the universe. Like it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. This isn't a deposit on a future life. I, they, if they need to give me some better signs or better support, cause I'm, I'm tapping out. It just feels forced. And so I let it go. I let the ritual go. And then things got worse. <laughs> okay. So I would say that at that point, something that, that I turn to when things start feeling like that is then I ask the question for meditation. Like, is this, is this what I should be doing? Should I be continuing? And if I don't get a clear answer that way, then I get the cards out and I do it that way. Like I am going to ask for direction. See, and I think at that point I had slowly started letting all ritual go. So for, go. for me, okay. part of why I was letting ritual go and probably why it wasn't feeling like I was connecting as much, I hurt my back again. And then as it started to get better, and I had surgery and all this. And and on the day it was like supposed to be like, all right, we're on the up and up. It re-injured itself in the other direction. And the injury itself is my root chakra. It's at my root chakra point. And that your is- your Tracy. How do you, oh, have we not talked about this, Amy? Right? Like that is your connection to everything. And so it, it makes sense for me why I let ritual go and why I'm in this rest period. Oh, yeah. But there have definitely been other times in my life where I've abandoned rituals for things other than what we talked about at the top of the hour of, you know, just like work, school, life. So why, why do you think we let rituals go? Oh my gosh. I, 
I feel like sometimes what happens is those little things that come up, right? The little thing that comes up and you forget to meditate or you, you're like, I don't have time today. And then the next day, you're, something else maybe comes up and then you don't have time to do this other thing. And then all of a sudden it's become a habit of not doing the ritual. And so then it's sort of that muscle memory where then you're like, oh, I have to start doing that again. And typically what happens with me is I'm looking at like, oh, maybe my planner or something where I go, oh, I've forgotten to say this X, Y, Z prayer three days in a row. What is wrong with my head? I promised myself I would do this three days in a row. So then I go into a spiral of what's wrong with me that I can't stick with something. So then, you know, it's like, oh, you got, okay, let's just stop. Let's just start again. But I think that, again, what I talked about earlier, culturally, society, we're bombarded with so many things that it's easy. And like you said, it's the first thing to go because it's like an add-on. So is it that we've been raised that it's not important? Or, and yet raised a Catholic, so many ritualistic things were important for a very long time. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like, oh, I didn't want to be doing rituals, yeah. but I don't well, know. Well, as soon as judgment and guilt comes in, like you said, when I, re- when I start chastising myself for not doing it, that makes me want to reject it even more, which yeah. isn't fair to the practice. Cause that's a mindset issue, right? Like that's a mindset correction, but there are so many things when it comes to, you know, the spirituality placed upon us when we were younger or before right. we started making choices and the things that are ingrained in us and things like that, um, that it seeps in and, and you do, you know, I get extra protective of like trying to avoid the things that make me feel bad about such a beautiful, what should be such a beautiful thing. Right. Um, but you don't want to do a 180 and just like go back to doing nothing. Right. I think one thing for me that also happened around that time, um, that forced a mindset change about it and made me okay with taking the break at the time. Um, but I have been getting frustrated at the extendedness of the break of the, or the disconnection. Um, I may have spoken on this before, but I, I, there's a, a practitioner, um, that I have used individually. Um, and I've invited her into my home. We've done things virtually. Um, I've really enjoyed working with her and I always feel better the more that I work with her and I learn from her during our one-on-ones and she started offering um online virtual group meditation sessions and so I got really excited and I bought all of them that she had done um and during the third one I not only got virtually kicked out like something happened where like I got kicked out of the room but when I went to like reconnect it I like accidentally like blew a fuse in my office closing my like lowering my desk like it was like like while things were trying to reconnect I was like oh well I'll 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 sit instead of stand and it pinched the power cord which like made my power adapter blow which blew a fuse and so I ran around the house doing all that and then while it was connecting I got 
physically sick the next time I got in the room I all of a sudden like had food poisoning or like a stomach thing and like I just had to like stop and I messaged her after and she shared a recording with me and then the next weekend I couldn't get in virtually again like it would not let me into the room and so she recorded it after trying to troubleshoot and was like I don't want to mess up everybody else's experience right and then the third week after that again we couldn't get in and so then she messaged me and you know most practitioners because I've paid for these you know like I pay for these she's like here's your money back. I checked in with my guides. This is just not right for you. Um, and like that kind of hurt at first and was like, what? <laughs> like, But then after I kind of sat with that for a little bit, that first one that I did with them, I wasn't fully in the meditation and I definitely postponed the one that she had recorded for me. Because when I reflect on it, I've outgrown those kinds of group meditations. I love working with her individually, but when some of these practitioners are doing it for a group or when they have a specific topic, you know, and you just sign up for all of them and suddenly you're meditating on finances and that's not where you want, right? Like it just kind of felt forced. And so I was like, God bless her guides. Cause I would have kept trying to force it when they it's not for me or I've outgrown it. And so I wonder if sometimes we outgrow our rituals because, oh. because they're tradition, because they're sustained, because we think we should, because we're tied to it, because they brought something. Like I said, one of these um, meditations I'd done before and, it, you know, I always do it at this time of year and I just wouldn't like let go that I have to plant these seeds. right? And like now I'm like, you know, Nicole doesn't even do this one in like her workshops and programs and classes anymore. Like, why, why won't you grow and level up for like, yes, it has brought us so much in the past. Um, and so, yeah, this year, like, usually I do like this one, um, workshop that she, she did years ago and it brought me my home that I love. It brought me so, it brought me my new job. It brought me so much that I love in my life that like, I now make myself do it every summer solstice. And like last year it felt so forced. And so this year I was like, just don't do it just don't do, you're perverting it at this point, right? Like this is not the ritual but for you. I, what I love Tracy is that you said, why you ask yourself, why can't you just level up and do the next thing for this, this version of you? I love that. And I had, I hadn't thought about growing out of our rituals, but of course we do because we're not the same person who started doing that ritual because perhaps, more than likely the because ritual. of the ritual, right? <laughs> it's like, why do you keep going back to third grade? Why would you want to keep going to third grade? Yeah. And, you know, I see all these um, spiritualist mentors, I, I don't know what they like to be called, and like TikTok and YouTube and all this stuff, just talking about how all these light workers are like being leveled up or, you know, like moving and advancing all these ways. And I always roll my eyes at it. I don't know why. And well, I, I know I do because it sounds like pop stars back in like the MTV making the music day where they're like, we're going to the next level, next level, level up. Right. But it's so it it's we're growing. We're learning more as a collective. We're learning more as individuals. We have more resources than ever. But now I'm trying to figure out how to invite the ritual back in. So what are you going to do? I don't know because like part of me feels like I need ritual summer school because I quit, right? Right. And I so, feel the same way. 
right and so part of me is like remedial remedial spirituality and then the other part of me is like that's what got you into this dummy just no dive in school okay summer school but i don't think it's a master's it's a it's a you know it's one of those it's it's not remedial but i do think i need a guide like i think i need a teacher Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think yeah. that that's one of the things that's been really hard. I sought one out pre-pandemic and sadly it was it was it wasn't a good match and then sadly she had also she had passed. Um but so like I pulled out some of the modules she had given me and I was like it wasn't a match then because you outgrew them before you even did them, right? So like don't do them again, but how do you find um a teacher or a guide in that area? And then came social media. Right. So <laughs> I saw something on social media that I downloaded that I really liked and was like, oh, maybe this is a future episode. Right. And so I, I saved it. I put it in a folder and I didn't think about it again. Right. Then yesterday, um, one of my mentors that I, um, the, the one that was like, these courses aren't for you. She posted something and I sent it to our podcast on Instagram. Cause it's like, Oh, if this comes up in today's conversation, maybe I'll post it. And so today before recording, I was like, Oh, I should check out that person's profile. Make sure like they're in line with what we talk about and they're a good human. Right. And so I went and like, it turned out it's the same person of that thing that I saved weeks ago. And I, I I told you earlier, I was like two years deep, like in things on her Instagram (laughs) because it felt so right. And like, I went back and rewatched that video from TikTok and, um, she focuses a lot in, on ancestral healing. Um, I've been trying really hard. I haven't heard her or anybody else say, um, her name out loud, but I think it's a Hime Aura. Um, she okay. also goes by Ia on somewhere. So we'll definitely, we'll link to her or I haven't asked out to her if we can post some of her stuff so we can direct people to her page. Um, but it, she's the, she was featured also in the NPR article I mentioned er, earlier about creating an ancestral altar. But the TikTok that I saw, um, she is saying so many people are trying to give you blessings, but that are unable to locate you because you're hiding. And the whole thing was all about allowing yourself to be perceived. And that was what I had in mind for a future episode. I completely missed the fact that she was telling you that so many people blessings. It's about your ancestors. So when I went to her Instagram page, she says, open up to newfound miracles and tap into their power. They don't just exist at the altar space. The altar is their home, but they live in you. And she's talking about just ask your ancestors questions. Ask them to tell you where things are. Ask them to tell them where you should be. Like you were just saying, ask them to tell you what your ritual should be. Ask them to tell you who your teacher is, right? Like everything yeah. was about like asking the ancestors. So I think I think that might be where I start. So, so that is what you're saying. Instead of finding this teacher, you're actually going to go and find a teacher or a mentor that is an ancestor. Is that what you're saying? Or is that, or is what you're saying is I'm going to start with ritual again by opening myself up to be perceived by my ancestors? Yeah, I think, 
I think what I'm going to start with is just what she says about just talk to your ancestors wherever you are. So I think, you know, in the past when I have done things, I've just opened it up to the universe, guides, forces, you know, of the seen and unseen realms interested in my highest good, right? Like I've always kind of put it to that. And anytime any of my workshops have focused on ancestors, um, it's always felt weird to me because the quote unquote ancestors, you know, people in my life who I, who have known who have passed. Um, I don't even think I was 21 by the time they died. I had a lot of death in, uh, or there's a lot of death in my family and in, into my teenage years. And so I feel weird both. I don't want to bother the dead <laughs> and, um, it's like, oh, I don't know if they like knew me or we didn't really have that connection or I didn't know them as an adult. Right. Um, and then I just never really knew a lot about tapping into the ancestors of before, right? Like way back in the line, whether bloodline or spiritual guides, but ancestors have come up a lot for you lately. Well, I would say specifically to one ancestor, my mother, (laughs) So my my sister messaged me the other day and um, actually we talked on the phone and she said, I had lunch with a friend who is very connected spiritually and is a medium. And this friend said, your mom's been coming through a lot lately. And she is done resting <laughs> and and is ready. She's bored. It's so on brand for my She's mother. She's bored. She's Here bored. I am to bug the dead and your mom's like, knock, knock, knock. Let's now, I on. have also been told that the dead like the rest as well. So she's rested. She died in 2019. It's 2023. And now she's like, okay, I am ready. And I want to help. She actually named someone specifically, my oldest. And she said, you know, you tell her to ask for help. And this is the key part of this is that your ancestors, you could be like, I wish this, I wish that blah, blah, blah. They're not going to swoop in. You literally have to ask. And like you said, open yourself up to being perceived so they can find you, but you want to ask You have to ask for what it is you want or need or whatever. You can't just assume, you know, someone's going to like, I, I believe in ESP, but, but it's just not how this works. Yeah. Well, and it feels like permission, right? Because if we consider this earth school and that we came down here, there's an autonomy, there's a free will to it, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Does it mean you can't ask for help? I I think we talked about the same thing with some of our gods and goddesses episodes where um, you can't just broadly put it out there. You have to specify who you want to work with and how they can help you. And it it damn well better be a way that they can help, right? Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing too is like, I love to make it, like if you wanted to make it a huge ritual and like cleanse your space and cleanse yourself and do all that, you can. But you can also, I've gotten in my car, I've got a little bell in my car. I got a little crystal in my car. Never know when you might need a bell and a crystal and like <laughs> ring that bell. I, I ring that bell and that's sort of like a little clearing of energy. And then I'm just like, okay, mom, hey, what's happening? Like, can you help me with this? 
and then I just start talking to her. And I, I think what I've gotten wrong in some of those spaces is I've just been more like Jesus take the wheel, right? Like <laughs> I am very broad in my asks. And I think why, you know, oh. five years ago, those rituals worked so well is I had a specific, specific ask and it was a definite need. Um, and again, like we said, some of this is just about connection. I mean, for me, especially with ancestors, I've been coming to terms with, you know, life isn't looking exactly in a way that I had thought it would by now. Um, not that I was super held to that, but I just, you know, if not that, then what, um, or what is the point of all this and kind of purpose-driven thoughts. And, um, I had this moment, um, in front of my closet upstairs where it was just like, God, why aren't I just happy with what I have? And a voice in my head was just like, this life wasn't meant to give you happiness. This life was to give you peace. And like, what? That just, it clicked for me in that moment. The life I have, people in my lineage, women in my lineage specifically, have probably wished for the level of peace and autonomy that I have right now. And, and that chills. Right? That me bitching and moaning about it not looking a different way and not taking, uh, not having gratitude, enough gratitude, I felt like in that moment. Um, for how, let's say I did get everything I wanted, I would be wishing for the moment of peace I had in front of that closet right then and there, right? That like everything in hindsight, but I, there's probably a lot of women in my life who wish that they had a full-time job, who wish that they owned a home, who wish that they had a, the peace here, who wish that they weren't, um, a, that they weren't a, a belonging to a man, right? Like think of how far back you have to go. Um, and even like women that I've known in my life didn't have a lot of the privileges that I have today. And my sisters have some of those privileges too, but I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Peace. I, I can deal with that. But so I kind of want to connect with those ancestors and be like, all right, we did this, got 40 years of this. Can we maybe everybody gets what they want in a happy way for the next 40 years, right? Like, can it change? What's, what's the growth from, from here? I think I need to connect with them and also maybe like share with them what I have, right? Like not just an altar to honor them and thank them for getting me here, but like, Oh, I like, love look that. At what I have, right? Like, because then what, you're healing, you're retro healing, right? Right. That generational trauma isn't just yeah. forward healing. Yeah. I feel like it can go back. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a little surprise for you before we go. All right. Um, back when we first started um, and we had Hidden Woo in our show, we used to do a tarot card pull. Yeah. Um, and so I did one and we got the lovers. What All do you right. think that's about? Well, the lovers is not always the lovers. The lovers can be a choice that needs to be made. But also the lovers is you look at Adam is the conscious looking at Eve, the subconscious looking at the angel who's the super conscious. But also when I look at this, it could be when you think of Adam and Eve as the first couple that's going way, way back, right? The angel could be, I mean, it could be generational. It could be, that's super interesting. I got to think about that. 
I mean, it definitely looks like it goes back to the beginning, right? Yeah. So for rituals, go back to the beginning. So thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram. I'm not going to do our whole thing. We appreciate you. Uh, You know how the internet works. You can find us. (laughs) Have a bright (laughs) and magical day. (laughs) Bye.